This is the West Michigan Sports Show, presented by the United States Air Force. Now, here's your host, Brandon Worth. Hello, everybody. Welcome into the West Michigan Sports Show presented by the United States Air Force. Brandon Worth with you this afternoon here on News Radio WBRN. Thanks for all tuning in, whether you're on 1460 AM, 107.7 FM, or 96.5 FM as well. Or if you're online, WBRN.com. If you want to sneak peek, breaking news, you can get on the WBRN app. I told you that last week, but you can download the app today. Make sure that you don't miss out on any shows and you can catch up on old shows as well. They're all in there on the podcast tab on WBRN.com. So you don't miss out on any episodes going up. And we certainly got some great ones here and one great one here today. I'm joined by my partner, Joe Nagy, who has just joined us in our yeah. broadcast team for the fall. So we're going to get to chat a little bit of high school football. It's Let's something. Go. It's going to be an exciting year for some high school football. We'll talk about the CSAA local teams in the area. We won't get into the full in-depth breakdown as we're still learning about the teams as much as you guys are. But we'll, you know, we'll scratch the surface a little bit. We'll see what's on our observations. Yeah. yeah, it'll be a little interesting. So not it should full, be good. Not a full like platter, just a little taste. Just a little tasting. We'll give you the full platter here once we get into August, once we talk to coaches and players and get to see some practices. So be on the lookout for that. Make sure that you subscribe on all the platforms that you're on, whether it's online at WBRN.com or on all of our other podcast platforms for all of the post-recorded shows, including Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and more. But before we get into the episode, I want to thank those that make this show possible. Those include, obviously, the United States Air Force as the primary sponsor of this show, as well as Johnson's Automotive, the Schuberg Insurance Agency, Quality Car and Truck Repair, Alter Care Big Rapids, Parasolo Sales and Service of Big Rapids, the Macau Macasa Osceola Transit Authority and the Macasa Osceola Career Center. Thank you guys for helping make the West Michigan Sports Show happen. But without further ado, we get right into it here. Let's go. There was a lot that happened last year, and I know especially from our perspectives here, just as a little bit of a background, I know I've talked about my own on this show before as a, a Reed City alum that has covered Reed City for many years, as well as recently got into Big Rapids as well. And obviously, we have JT Scarpelli with us in the network, who's the primary caster for the Cardinal football, uh, who's unable to join us today. He's out with uh, his family, so congrats to him on an early work weekend, I guess. Um, and then we have Joe Weekend warrior, baby. Yeah. And then we have Joe here. I'm here now who is also a CSAA alum, but not from chip Hills. Nope. Where is he from? I'm from Tri-County. He's from Howard City. Howard Tri-County. City. So that was a team that last year came out of nowhere. Absolutely out of nowhere. And I know you knew a lot about that team. I got to see them calling for Chippewa Hills last year and they were legit. They had speed and they knew how to get the ball down the field in one or two plays at a time. It was a wild situation where it was just a bunch of freak athletes on the team that just could really take over whenever. I mean, was it Stuart Gould had 23 or 25 touchdowns? Baron Wald had what? Like... Almost 22,000 plus rushing yards, plus rushing yards, 37 touchdowns. So when you're able to have a season where you have 54 touchdowns just out of two guys, it's pretty insane. Not to mention you have a lot of other guys on the team that can really do some damage. But the interesting thing now, though, is that a lot of those guys are leaving from graduation and stuff. So I don't know how they're going to be able to kind of, you know, kind of refill, reload a little bit with that roster. However, 
for the many years, middle school and like the JV teams have been pretty successful and they've been able to reload. But especially with these last couple of years of, and that taste of success, I think that's going to kind of light a new fire and how this culture is going to be turned around a little bit uh, to kind of maybe stay perennially as an active uh, contender for the CSA. Yeah. Coach Butler's squad was definitely the team that I think a lot of people knew were going to take a leap last year, but I don't think many people realize how big of a leap it was going to be because they were the team really to beat really going throughout a lot of this year, especially after week two, after beating Reed city at home, that was one of the biggest price statements they could have made all season. And it probably was an argument of looking at their whole schedule and review with that 48, 40 win, which is a nail biter, by the way. I mean, that game was just completely offensive slugfest. Uh, but they end up winning their first six in a row and you were looking, man, they get through big rapids. They roll through chip and they're in the playoffs undefeated. They have an unfortunate fall at home to the Cardinals in what was an incredible fourth quarter comeback. And I mean, just from there, it it looked like, I mean, obviously I saw the Chip Hills game. They bounced right back, but that game just seemed to take a little bit of wind out of their sail. Going a down lot, the stretch. yeah. Because I remember I went to that one, um, you know, just because might as well. Hey, they're um, around. Yeah, in town might as well. But like that was one where the team, from what I heard, especially because I hadn't been to a game before that one, it's like the team just was like, Let's roll. Let's rock. And they were just going to keep the gas pedal down the whole time. But they just seemed to come out really slow off the start. And they just didn't really have anything clicking. And then especially with that loss, I mean, that really catapulted Big Rapids to be able to have a chance to con- to complete that kind of three-way tie for that top spot, that Reed City, Big Rapids, and Tri-County split. And then, you know, after that, it was kind of just like... The Vikings just kind of fell... Not fell apart, I would say, but they just didn't really have that that mentality of like, okay, we can't get beaten because we're not undefeated at the time. You know, it just kind of threw a little bit of a monkey wrench in there. Cause you know, you can always get beaten, but especially when like you had that six and no record, you have an undefeated record at the time. It just gives you a little bit more motivation to keep that going. And when you have a loss in there, it kind of tossed a little bit of a monkey wrench. Yeah. I think I wouldn't say that the big rapids game, uh, out of all the, like the three losses they had, obviously Belding was a good team, obviously led by Monty Price, a former Coyote. So he knew a lot about that team already going into that game, no mm-hmm. matter what. Uh, but I think that, Mes- that Muskegon Catholic Central game was really a tough one to, to take, especially the last regular season game going to the playoffs, obviously trying to combat that already lost to Big Rapids, knowing they could have had an outright title and they fell short. And because Muskegon Catholic Central, they were a good team. I believe they were around 40 and a half, 40.4. 40.3 playoff yeah, points, were, if I remember correctly. They were an okay team. They were a decent like a, it team. It was a middle-of-the-road playoff team. Yeah, but in that case, that's a team that you beat a 52-point Reed City team. You were down to the wire with a 43 or 45-point Big Rapids team, and that Muskegon Catholic Central team was a good team, but that's a team that if you wanted to make a district run, a regional run even, that was a team you had to beat, and that loss really just made them stumble. Yeah, that was that was a really tough one because that was especially when you look at the the roster that that team had, you could definitely see them going maybe second or third round in the playoffs. But getting that draw against Belding, especially you know with that Catholic Central loss, that gets a little bit tough because then you have to play a team like Belding uh, with the with the draw there. But I mean, you're looking at it this year now; it's going to be kind of anybody's game. Reed City probably is going to be near the top, and uh, Big Rapids I think could probably make another run for it too. But Tri County is a little bit up in the air about what they're going to be able to do. Yeah, I think Tri County obviously. 
looting Stuart Gold, one of the, the fastest receivers in the entire conference, even mm-hmm. honestly, you could say in West state Michigan, champ, state champ in the hundred meter. I think yeah. It was dude's like, an absolute freak. And he was incredible on the track as well, as you just mentioned, obviously losing Baronwald, Ian Bowden was a, is going to be a big yeah, loss. That's a loss. big one that I think not a lot of people are talking about. Uh, cause he was a fantastic player. Uh, but I think coach Butler's team, I think they've got a little bit of foundation built. If they may, they may take a step back. They could be, they could be in a position where they're maybe more towards 500 than they were um, from this past year, especially after the winning streak. But I mean, they're in a good position now where they got something built as well. I mean, Reed City obviously has been a staple. They've obviously continued to win. Uh, and last year was no different. I mean, reaching the state semifinals. And I mean, that team really showed uh, it's just year after year. They have so much depth. And especially after that Tri-County loss, I mean, they buckled right down, especially, I mean, putting up 46 on Chip Hills, putting 52 up against Big Rapids, Central Montcalm, 62 against Nuevo, 52 against Kansas City, 62 against Grant. I mean, they were points just on point, on point. pounding teams. I believe they finished the year, if I did my math correctly, with 42 and a half points per game or somewhere around the 42, 43 range, which is incredible yeah. for high school. It would have been, I mean, regular season if you're looking at it. Yeah. yeah. Crazy high. Yeah. I mean, insane. And then you got into the playoffs and then games, obviously, as they got uh, more down into towards the state semifinals, those games started getting a little bit more lower scoring. And obviously the weather had a big thing to do with that, especially um, when they played Nogany in Gaylord when it was absolutely frigid, cold and snowing, mm-hmm. um, as well as Millington, where I believe if I remember there was ice on the field. Uh, but there was a really tough situation for them um, going through a lot of, I mean, they had a lot of guys that were banged up throughout the entirety of the season, especially it was noticeable in basketball for those that followed through with basketball because they started the season when they played Big Rapids at home. I remember calling that game. Reed only had seven players that were healthy enough to play. And Coach Walsh had to actually go to a stalling tactic in the first quarter. It's finished. Three nothing. The score in a high school basketball game after the first quarter was three to zero. That's varsity, not a football score. Varsity basketball game. Not a baseball score. It was a basketball score. And that was so noticeable. And we were like, what's going on? And it was like, well, he's only got seven players. If he's going to make a run, it's going to have to be in the second half. Because obviously you had a lot of those guys that were banged up throughout the year. Hammond was banged up, especially Hanson was going on with some knee problems. Uh, but it's, I actually got to talk to him. He said he's doing a lot better now. So he's looking forward to this fall camp. Uh, but I think it was definitely a situation where they they really were resilient after that Tri-County loss. They kind of took the punch in the mouth a little bit and, and then they buckled right down and did what they did. And that's what teams, especially under Coach Price, now under Coach Schenkel, they've really kind of put that together of no matter how bad you mm-hmm. play one week, you can still beat a team and you can still get back to work and get better next yeah, week. And can, they continue to do that. If you rattle off 10 in a row after a loss, that just shows like the the ability of a team. Especially, I mean, it's not like you lost to a team who is, you know, lower the pack in the conference. It was against Tri-County who, you know, split the title with you, you know, but still to be able to have that where it's a shootout, it's a nail biter. And then to come back the next week, put up just as many points and then just keep that train rolling against teams that, you know, just, you should be able to beat that well. And then to be able to rattle off 10, that's just incredible to show the work ethic as well as just how that culture is being able to be built because that's not an easy thing to do. You can either just kind of say that you're going to come back from that loss, but it's not always the easiest thing. And then to be able to do it is a whole other, whole other thing. 
yeah, they're going to be losing some key players this year, but uh, especially Xavier Allen at the quarterback position, a couple of the running backs, Bryson Hughes will be a big loss for them out of the backfield. Uh, but I think the biggest thing that a lot of people aren't talking about, they're going to be losing a lot in the trenches, and that's an important part. They're going to be almost yeah. rolling with a whole new offensive defensive line. That was a really heavy senior-led uh, position, uh, but it'll be interesting, and it'll be very interesting to see how this season plays out. We're going to take a quick break. We'll get to Big Rapids and the rest of the CSAA after this break here on WBRN. Back on the second half of the show, continuing our, I guess you could say CSAA football uh, sneak preview, not the full preview. Say, it's sneaky. not like a full in-depth one because we're only talking about three teams. Well, but. no, we're talking about the whole conference. <laughs> yeah, yeah but that's true. That's the true. main three teams in our in the area of expertise yeah. and that are very prevalent yeah, in the area. We'll, we'll, we'll go in-depth in a little bit. We're going to go depth later. But. Yeah, yeah. We'll cover Chippewa Hills too and be sure to get all the rest of the teams here in full previews once we learn more information. So be sure to follow on WBRN.com for more information. Dude. Anyway, going over to Big Rapids, the hometown team uh, made you guys stick around for him a little bit. But uh, I mean, especially when you looked at this team last year, uh, Coopersville right out of the gate wasn't a great start. They just really were stagnant. Very similar to what you were talking about, Joe, with the Tri-County game uh, there against Big Rapids. But I think really when you saw the Cardinal season, it looked like they got a little bit more comfortable with their style of play as the season went on and they got a little bit of an easy conference schedule going into Reed city. It was kind of tough for them going against Owego and Montcalm, two teams that are really trying to rebuild and then going into Reed city, going from that huge jump in between levels from the bottom of the top to the conference. And then they go back to chip and grant. And I mean, they dominate chip. I think that was a really big game for them because I think a lot of people probably thought big Rapids was going to win that game, but coach Seltzer's team, they went out and dominated that game. Chippewa Hills was coming off of a big win against Central Montcalm. So they were feeling pretty confident knowing Big Rapids was coming off of a rivalry loss and they really put it to them. And that was an impressive win for them. And then obviously they get to Grant and then probably the game of the year that the seniors will remember the most. They beat Tri-County in a dramatic fourth quarter comeback. Uh, they get the forfeit win over Molly Stanwood, a team that really just shut down at the end of the season for player safety, which I actually respect a lot out of that decision. Um, they ended up really not having as many players to be able to play without injuries. And obviously from that COVID stint, there was a couple teams that did that during COVID, uh, but they ended up just kind of having to forfeit the game That's tough. Uh, due to just, you know, just health protocol. Yeah, you don't want to have a whole bunch of guys playing both ways. You yeah. Know? And you don't want, oh, you don't want a lot of these kids going both ways that aren't no used to it and against bigger dudes. And they're just getting hurt. Like that just yeah, doesn't like, you don't want to pull up guys who, you know, aren't ready for it. Right. Either. Exactly. So I, I do commend their decision for that. Respect on, Morley. Yeah. I know there's a lot of people that probably looked at that and like, wow, they forfeit like losers. Like, no, I, not I at thought, all. At like, first I thought I was like, did they just get a safety? Like did Morley Stan would hold it down for the one game? point safety. And <laughs> that's like, it. One, nothing calling the, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, but then they get a win against Alma and then they unfortunately run into an absolute freight train of a Whitehall team that really just had a phenomenal season. I mean, you looked at how they finished in the year. They were 11 and one and they, if they would have beat South Christian, they would have been a team that would have probably made the state semifinals just based on those matchups. So uh, I think that was definitely a season for big rapids that everybody's been waiting for. And I mean, seven and three, on the campaign. That's the highest winning total, I believe, since 2015 for that program. It's been a long time coming since they've had that dominant of a season. And I think the last time was 2015. They were seven and four. The rest of the times they were three and six, three and six, five and five, one and eight, four and four, five and five. They were a team that was really trying to get over the hump 
of being an average Joe. And they've really just found it this last year. They saw a lot of ability, I think, in their defense. They were able to make some big stops uh, in some big time moments, especially that Tri-County game was notable. Mm-hmm. I hate to keep going back to that game, but that was the most that was the best game they played all year. Yeah. Even after a slow start, they played phenomenal in that game. Uh, but their defense found a lot of light. And especially, I think, um, for how they, they really were able to adjust to teams. If they had to run stop, they could run stop. If they had to pass defense in the secondary, they were able to do that a little bit. They were able to change scheme up nicely. Um, but, and I think offensively, that was a really highlight for able to use utilize their speed and score a lot of points. This will be the year where it really comes into a test of, all right, because everybody's probably thinking, was last year a winning fluke? Is this team going to go back to, to being an average Joe again? Or are we going to start being a winning football team? This is the year they decide. And I mean, they got a lot of decisions coming up when it comes to their personnel. Yeah, that is true because you need to make sure that like you want to have a season that's on par with the last, you know, you never like to have a season where you go down a step. You always want to take a step up. But the thing is now, especially with the CSA, it's kind of up in the air. And then you also go to the point now where you might be losing a few guys. You just kind of be figuring out whether or not you want to make a choice of, hey, should we get a guy who's a little bit younger, make him develop so that when he gets to a senior year, he's ready and ability, he's ready to be able to, to take this team to a new new height or have a senior guy like Fenix who's, you know, in a spot where it's his last year, he's ready to ball out. He's ready to give it his all. And then they're going to probably have a good chance to have that immediate success and then have uh heist learn from him and be able to use that for the next two years. It's always a toss up, but you know, there might be some things going on where, you know, somebody might be a little bit better in these situations, might be a little bit better of a, a pocket passer scramble. It's a whole bunch of different things that go into it. But then when you get to this point now where you have to look at, you know, age difference, maturity, who's going to be better in those, uh, situations like if there's a tri-county game this year where it's down to the wire which guy's going to be able to start on their own 20 and then bring it all the way down and score when there's two seconds left who's going to be able to keep that level mind i'm not saying it's going to be you know that uh, that a sophomore is going to be able to do that i'm saying that's going to be something where it's only going to be game time experience that you're going to be able to see from you're not going to be able to really replicate that during practice unless you you know put something on the line but when you're in game time decisions like that the only the only time you can really see how a player is going to be able to do that is be able to get them in those situations. And, you know, that's going to be a kind of a time will tell type thing. You only really want to have one or two games at the start of the year to be able to figure that out before you can really settle in and really you know, it's only what, six, seven games uh, for the regular se- or what? Yeah. Eight games for the regular season It's nine games for the regular nine season. Games yeah. regular season. No, I didn't know if it switched or not, uh, but added nine one games game for the regular for season. Yeah. Shout out. Love it. <laughs> You don't want to use up three or four games at the start to, you know, find your personnel. You want to be able to find that right away. And then by the time you get to game nine, it's a well-oiled machine and then you can really let it rock. But that's going to be a big toss up for who's going to be quarterback at the start of the season. Yeah, there'll be some the very interesting decisions made. Absolutely. I think when you look at Venix, he's a great athlete. Uh, obviously, when you look at uh, IQ wise, obviously, Cole Heiss is a really great athlete all around. He's a really talented basketball player. He's very good at baseball as well. So he's he's really a really sharp guy. Um, so I think definitely you can see both of those guys in some situation. I think that's not necessarily a, a bad thing seeing two quarterbacks. I think that, that we're so in high school level. This is what kind of drives me crazy is we're so, so adamant on looking at the pro level and modeling high school teams after pro level. These guys are professionals. 
they're put 14, in that scheme. 15, yeah. Like, 17 years old at max. You 18 maybe, but. need to look as a coach. This is in my opinion, you need to look at the coach or you need to, as a coach, you need to look at the formula that gives your football team the best to win games. That's what, that's the bottom line. If you're playing, if that's playing two quarterbacks, sure. If that's moving around to, if you're normally in a spread set and you need to move to a power eye or a single back, you're going to do that. Because at the end of the day, you need to win games in order to continue to bring success to your school. And I think that's an important part of it. Now, I obviously know that coaches like their certain schemes and all those sort of mm-hmm. things. And I get that. So what is big? Is Big Rapids a big throwing first team? Uh, they they're, they're a little bit of more of a balanced team, a I would say. And they're like a... RPO type deal. Uh, they're, they they showed a little bit. I think they they like to use a running quarterback if possible. Um, and I think they they're a little bit more balanced than we see mm-hmm. all, a couple of the other teams. I know Chip Hills this last year, and that's the kind of team we'll wrap up on here. Um, was a team that especially was really investigating within their team what would be the path to success. They try to run the football early on uh, on their schedule, and they ran into a little bit of trouble against a lot of good teams uh, along the road. I mean, starting off with state champ in, in uh, division six and Gladwin was just a tough test right out of the gate for them. Uh, but then against Grant Reed city, they started to get the offense opened up. They put Gage Sadoff in a quarterback. They started throwing it and getting him out of the pocket a little bit. And I think that really helped them. And I saw you saw a lot of good defensive plays. Uh, just sometimes there was really, they were on top of it. I think defensive wise, they were in good positioning. Uh, there was just some mental lapses on a couple of plays. And especially you saw that um, in a couple of those games last year. Uh, I know, especially Big Rapids, they let a lot of big plays happen. Tri-County was very similar. Um, I think in, especially in Grant, they were still Grant and Gladwin and Reed City. They were still trying to figure out who they were as a football team. And, and Central Montcalm, they, they, they found it. They're like, oh, OK, we need to run play action pass. And defensively, we need to keep the ball in front of us and we will let teams try to do too much and create turnovers. And that's what they did in that Central Montcalm game, no doubt about it. And that's what really propelled their season because then they finished winning three or no, excuse me, four of their last six games after losing the first three. So that team is definitely learning. They're rebuilding under Coach Palong and they're going to have a really good season, I think, especially they're going to continue to build up. Uh, lost a couple of key players, but they still have a lot of depth behind them. Uh, so it'll be very interesting to see, especially what they do, uh, I think, in the trenches, tight end position um, to see what they do there. Obviously, skill positions I what a lot of people look at, but I think that a lot of football games are won in the trenches and people don't realize that. Uh, so it'll be interesting. It's going to be fun to follow the CSA as well. I mean, obviously, Nuego getting a new coach and Ralph Munger, an absolute legend. So they could make an immediate jump next year. Grant's still trying to figure it out. Shidema at quarterback. He could be potentially a really good player um, that could help really break them out into a really successful campaign. Uh, and you never know. You can see a lot of these other silver teams and trying to see what they do this year. It's all going to be fun just to follow along and watch uh, this year, I think. We're just along for the ride. It's along for the ride. That's all we do. We're getting paid to watch football. And just talk about it a little bit, you know, I'm living the dream. So it's going to be fun. It's going to be fun. Can't wait to have you with us. Be sure to stick around full previews coming up here for all the fall sports that we can cover here on WBRN, BigRapidsDailyNews.com. We'll get those out to you here as soon as we get the information from our coaches and all of our players and all of our schemes. And we'll give you the whole scoop on what you should expect here in fall 2023. That's going to wrap up the program here today. Thank you all for tuning in as well. Thanks to all 
of our sponsors for making this broadcast possible. Those include Johnson's Automotive, the Schuberg Insurance Agency, Quality Car and Truck Repair, Alter Care Big Rapids, Parasonal Sales and Service of Big Rapids, the Macosta Asola Transit Authority, and the Macosta Asola Career Center. Thank you all for making this show possible. And until next Saturday, we'll see you next time. Have a day, everybody. Have a day, everybody.